time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, thanks for being here for another Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt with you alongside Glenn Mosseller, as we are each and every week. Glenn's a registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. He's got an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road, and you can find us online at any point in time by going to Greensboro Retirement. Dot com. Glenn, it doesn't get any easier to remember a website than GreensboroRetirement.com. <laughs> that's right, Walter. <laughs> yeah. you that's know, that's like, why you, you got know, it, right? <laughs> it, hey, we really focus here in uh, in Greensboro, and obviously we focus on the retirement year, so uh, hopefully that makes it, makes it easy for folks to find us. Sometimes it's nice to keep things simple, and that's what we'll try to do on today's show. Keep it simple, despite the fact that we're going to be talking about some unique situations. So our subject matter, if you saw the headline of today's show, is unique planning challenges. Because, Glenn, although we want to try and keep everything simple and, oh, how great it would be if every plan was the same and we could just perfect it and duplicate that model over and over and over again, unfortunately, the real world just isn't like that. You know, creating a customized retirement plan becomes really important. But anytime you customize things, it can mean addressing unique challenges because we all have different needs, wants, and goals and situations as we head into retirement. So I'm going to throw out some of the unique planning challenges we come across, Glenn, and I'm interested to hear from you what solutions you come up with, how you foster these discussions, and how often you see these kinds of issues popping up now and then. Uh, One great example, I think, and a good place for us to start could be when there's an age gap, you know, one spouse significantly older than the other, that's going to present some unique planning challenges that I think a lot of people don't even realize. Well, you're exactly right, Walter. I mean, that one is a little bit tricky because you know, I mean, when you start thinking about, well, you know, all the different dates of, um, you know, when you can access something or turn on a particular account or when you can, you know, access Social Security, Medicare, all those things, you know, play into it, obviously, in, in, in all retirement situations, but especially when you have a, a significant age gap. I mean, you know, some of your traditional, um, you know, Social Security strategies in terms of when to claim and how to claim, you know, might have to be, you know, changed a little bit when you start thinking about, well, when are we going to tap into an IRA or a 401k? I mean, you've got this wide range in age and, and suddenly, you know, it's, you know, you might have one person in the relationship, you know, can't even touch, you know, their, their account yet. Um, or they might not have the, the ability to think about, you know, turning on Social Security yet, or, or they might be years away from, you know, Medicare. So all of those things start playing into it. And, and you know, you've really got to start doing some, you know, very, very specific and, and, and custom planning when you start thinking about, well, how are we going to really do this? And, you know, when and how about this variable and how about that variable? The other thing that comes into play is, is, you know, which person is the older person versus the younger person? You know, are they both people, uh, you know, have working histories where, the, you know, they have uh, significant money saved for retirement or maybe one person, you know, worked in, in the home and, and that's where they were most of the time. Maybe they don't have that resource of, uh, of a retirement account or a 401k. You know, there's a lot of different variables there, Walter, and, and it really, you know, it's, it's, as far as solutions go, those kind of scenarios, you know, they take a little bit more time to develop because, you know, you really don't want to just, you know, just say, hey, you, know, you always kind of avoid the one size fits all. But 
but particularly in this scenario, it, it, it really, really does depend uh, significantly on, on some factors that are not that you don't normally see. Makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I think whenever you have that age gap, you just you're taking an already tough situation and now taking what amounts to two people in different stages of life, potentially, if you are separated by several years and trying to make the plan work for that couple. Um, and that can be sometimes like fitting a square peg into a round hole if you don't know how to plan for it. So you've just got to be careful if you fall into that bracket, into that you know age gap situation. Uh, another scenario that's interesting, Glenn, and you get a lot of people, I would imagine, wanting this as they get kind of tired of their working years, their working life. They can see the finish line of retirement, and then they start saying, you know what? I don't want to wait until I'm 65 or, you know, even even 62. I want to retire before I even get to the age of 60. Maybe it's in their late 50s or something like that. They want that early retirement. Who doesn't want that? What challenges get presented in that unique situation? Or, may, or maybe well, not so unique these days. <laughs> yeah, well, no. I mean, you, you get those from time to time, and, you know, and, and, and it's exciting, you know, when somebody – you know, feels like they can do that. And, um, you know, maybe they save significant resources. Typically, that's kind of the scenario, you know, if they're planning on retiring that that early, you know, some of the things that come to mind right off the bat are obviously, well, what are you going to do about health care, right? I mean, Medicare doesn't start until age 65. Are you going to be covered under a spouse's plan? Or, you know, are you going to go out into the, into the marketplace and, you know, and, and get yourself covered with the plans that are out there, you know, for that? The second thing, obviously, you know, that comes to mind is, is, well, you know, if you're before age 60, you know, I mean, how much before age 60? You know, if you have significant IRA or 401k assets, you know, you start looking at that 59 and a half uh, number and, you know, as to when you can access those uh, those dollars out of the account. You know, also, we start thinking about Social Security and, you know, you really can't touch Social Security until 62 or, you know, or and then a lot of times it, it's it's wiser to wait a little bit. Not always, but a lot of times it is. So, you know, we have to start thinking, okay, well, it's great. We, you know, you saved a lot of money and you have these resources. But now, how are we going to put this together in a, in a plan that's going to last you through time? You know that, it, that it's going to be sustainable. And then, you know, how are you going to fit all these other pieces of the puzzle into, into your particular situation? Because, um, you know, some of these some of these things are structurally set up so that they're going to start later on and you are wanting to kind of, you know, shortcut that and, and, it, and it might be OK to do, but we've got to really figure that out. And and it's uh, you got to take all of those of those pieces into account. And most of that, you know, comes down to, well, you know, how are you going to solve it? You know, what are you going to do? with these hard dates or hard, you know, ages that are in, within the system. And, and there's, there's ways and strategies to work around it, but a lot of people haven't thought it through that far. They think, well, you know, gosh, I'm just ready to go and, and I'm tired of this job or I've saved enough. And then that's really the beginnings of the conversation rather than the end of the conversation. Yeah, it's a great point to make there. And early retirement, uh, it's a less unique idea these days, but still presents a unique planning challenge. That's the difference there. Uh, we also have this situation where a lot of people fall into a lack of liquidity at retirement, and it requires some unique planning to occur. A great example, I guess, of this, Glenn, although there are probably others, would be a client who's had a lot of real estate assets developed over time, but very limited in their investable assets. So they've they've got a lot of money, but it's locked up. It's not very liquid. Well, that happens, Walter. And, you know, of course, one of the questions becomes is with the real estate, 
what kind of real estate? You know, is it um, do you have commercial property? Do you have a lot of rental houses? Do you have raw land? Is it does it produce income? You know, is it producing you know cash flow that you can live off of, or is it just producing cash flow that then you've got to turn around and make mortgage payments with? Is there debt on that real estate? What are the particulars about it? You know, and of course, like you say, you know, one of the big challenges becomes even if something is is uh, producing good income and you know past the expenses, the expenses are paid and there's still enough money, at least seemingly that that's coming in on a monthly basis. You know, how stable is it? How sustainable is it? You know, are you going to be in a difficult situation if you have a ten? or multiple tenants, you know, leave at a similar or at the same time. Those are all variables that are going to matter in terms of whether or not, you know, you're going to be able to retire and when because, you know, the access to capital and the access to that that cash flow is going to be, you know, it's very, very important. And, you know, it's not impossible, but you got to make sure that you have alternate plans. What if, you know, you always have to plan for the what if scenarios and, and you plan for the worst case scenario and you hope for the best. But uh, as you say, I mean, when you have some illiquid assets, you know, you have to do some special planning to make sure that you're taking all those things into account. Yeah, great points as always, Glenn, and that makes a lot of sense to look at it that way. I do want to bring up this other situation that we see, and that's when a husband and wife, uh, a couple has separate finances. They keep everything separate, which I guess isn't that uncommon maybe in second marriages that tend to happen later on in life. But that can, to me, as someone who commingles finances with their spouse, it seems to be so much easier to do it that way than having everything separate when it comes to retirement. Well, you're right, Walter. I mean, in a perfect world, it makes things you know easier if everything is all kind of looked at as one, and then you can create strategies from all the different pieces of that uh, of that larger puzzle. Although, like you say, I mean, it's not that uncommon. You know, you see it relatively often, particularly when you have folks that have gotten, you know, married, you know, maybe the second or third time and they're late in life and they feel as if, hey, we need to keep things separate. And so then you can definitely have plans and, you know, and, and have ways of putting the retirement plans together separately. One of the biggest challenges that comes into play, though, is when you start thinking about tax planning and how are you going to you know, take money from this account or that account or when are you going to start Social Security? Because even though you're, you know, you're doing things separately, very oftentimes it, there's significant advantages to filing jointly versus you know, separately. And a lot of times folks want to take advantage of that, the filing jointly, but want to keep things separate. And when we start doing tax planning, it gets a little bit challenging and we, we have to go the extra mile to really address those things. More often than not, I mean, you know, when, when folks say they want to keep things separate, I mean, they have a pretty good idea of what the other person has. They just want to make sure that what's yours is yours and what's mine is mine. And, and it, it's kind of the mindset. But, we, you know, we still have to when we start looking at, well, OK, if we don't look at things together in a tax planning scenario, then we might pay undue taxes that we don't necessarily have to. And most people want to avoid that. So then we have to you know, take a little bit more time to develop that and say, OK, well, maybe maybe we're going to do this and you know, maybe this year you know, Mr. is going to do this and next year Mrs. will do that and just kind of have an alternating years, you know, and those kinds of things. But there's different strategies that have to come into play because we have to really think about tax planning because that's a major part of retirement planning. And if you're trying to keep things separate, 
sometimes you can run into uh, some problems if you don't take at least a few things into account and maybe try to you know work on a couple things you know together versus keeping everything completely and totally separate. And speaking of unique challenges that come along with certain financial situations and what happens when you do run into problems. Don't want to end on a sour note, Glenn, but this is a realistic note. Unfortunately, divorce, obviously, we all know the statistics, a very real scenario for a lot of couples out there. And basically what half of couples out there are going to end in divorce. So a client feels shell-shocked, obviously, after they go through a divorce or as they're going through the process. And then there's a kind of additional shell shock that happens later on when they see those assets getting cut in half after the divorce takes place. And you're kind of left with that realization of now I've got to retire on half of what we were planning. And just because I'm half of the couple that we used to be doesn't mean that my, you know, all of my needs and expenses are also going to be half. And so there's kind of this lost feeling that I think a lot of people who go through divorce have. How do you help people kind of recover from a financial standpoint from a divorce? Even if they've got the funds, they have the assets, but just emotionally, there's an element to the equation here that has to be dealt with. And like you say, I mean, really, you're kind of having to think about and you should be thinking about things at a level that are not necessarily financial first, you know, and, and, and get to a place where you, you have dealt with the trauma of having that relationship end. And now what are we going to do? What am I going to do? And that's, that can be challenging. I think you really need to come to an emotional place first and then start dealing with the dollars and cents. Because if you don't, then sometimes it just creates a, a downward spiral that, you know, that'll feed on itself. And, you know, you don't want to have that happen. You, you want to be in a, at a place where you're emotionally okay, where you can make wiser decisions and more informed decisions and you're not letting your emotions play too much of a role there. Once you do that, then you can start looking at the reality and say, okay, well, what strategies can I employ? You know, do I need to downsize, you know, where I'm living? You know, what about this expense? Maybe I'll need to work a, a couple extra years. Years. All of those things can start coming into the plan of, you know, or, or the changing of the plans, as it were, to make it be a fit for where you are now and where your life currently is. And and that's really the key is, is just taking it one step at a time, one day at a time and working through the, the personal sense of things and the personal feelings first, getting yourself to a good place and then tackle the, the dollars and cents of it. Does that make sense, Walter? Makes sense. How do you navigate through these conversations with folks, Glenn? I mean, do you have a starting point that you begin with everybody to kind of uncover some of these unique planning challenges? What's your planning process look like if we were to go through it for the first time? Well, Walter, I mean, you know, if you've got any of these these unique uh, planning challenges or situations, or if you think you're even more of a kind of a of a normal quote unquote um, you know case, I mean, I always am going to sit down with folks and and go through a discovery process. You know, we really want to get to know each other and see you know if, if it makes sense for us to work together and and see if you know there's a good fit. You know, kind of seeing where you are and what your plans have been to this point and, and um, you know, and who you are and what you're thinking. And then you're going to have questions for me as well. It's always good to to spend a little time and getting to know each other. You know, and I, it's really not just the dollars and cents. It's whether or not, you know, you're working with somebody who you feel comfortable with working. And, you know, once you reach that point and then you start traveling down the road and say, OK, yeah, we've got, you know, good rapport these ideas make sense to me. I think we can work together. That will develop over time. And, you know, it's probably several meetings in 
But, you know, you always want to make sure that you start with, you know, the personal relationship first, at least from my vantage point. I, I think that's really the, the place to be because the dollars and cents will follow if you're in a good place and, and you have good rapport and you feel like you're working as a team rather than just one person dictating to the other. And, and, and oftentimes I, I hear people come into the office and that's one of the reasons why they're leaving, you know, or looking for a, a new advisor is because is they just don't feel like it's a team effort. They feel like, you know, somebody, their advisor is just telling them, you know, well, you should do this and you should do that. And they're not giving them, you know, real good reasons as to why. And so it's, it's kind of an awkward place. Or possibly maybe you don't have an advisor and they're just retiring from work. Maybe they've been a do-it-yourself for most of their lives and they've got a 401k that they've saved into. And now they got to figure out, well, I know that retirement's different than saving for retirement. And, and so, you know, what are the steps I need to take? And, you know, they basically interview a few advisors and find, you know, who's going to be the right fit, you know, to be my coach, so to speak. And, you know, and help me through this and and get me to uh, where I can have a sustainable retirement that's fun and enjoyable. And um, the dollars and cents just flow as part of the overall retirement plan. Well, it's hugely important to remember all of these things as you go through retirement. But also this, you know, maybe you've been listening to the podcast for a long time. You might even be a current client of Glenn's. And, and this podcast is just a nice way to kind of reinforce some of the things that are on your mind or that you hadn't thought about in a while, and we're glad that it serves that purpose for you. If you know somebody who might be going through one of these unique planning challenges, maybe there is an age gap that they're going through. If they've raised questions of, yeah, I've got all these rental properties, but I'm not sure how it's going to provide for me in retirement. I'm stuck wondering what I'm going to do. Should I should I sell them off? Are there ways that I can tap into that equity? You know, what are my best options as I want to prepare for retirement, you know, a little bit better than just trying to, you know, make guesses at my next steps. Send this podcast to them. Let them listen into some of the guidance and advice of Glenn Wasseller and uh, see if it would be helpful to them. Feel free to share the podcast. Just copy the link shoot it over to them in an email, however you want to get it there, we can help make that happen. And uh, share the podcast with folks who you think might find it helpful. If you want to get in touch directly with Glenn, maybe you've got questions yourself, you can always give him a call at 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. You can also schedule a time to meet with Glenn. Click on the button that says free consultation when you go to the website, greensbororetirement.com. That's greensbororetirement.com. Com. Glenn, thanks for your help on the podcast today, and we'll talk to you next time. Very good, Walter. Take care. We appreciate it. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Roadmap. <music>